As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. What you see on the pitch is the Bruno that is passionate for the game, the Bruno that wants to win the game. That's it. I play against Wolves, they have many Portuguese players. If I have to kick them, I will kick them. If I have to moan at them, I will moan. It's the game. It's the way I live the game. It's the way I have to be. I demand a lot from me. I don't demand more to anyone than myself. But because I demand so much from myself, and I know that my teammates demand from me, I demand from them. Two first games of the season, I have a high pass accuracy. No one talk about because we lost the game. Bruno didn't assist. Bruno didn't score. Problems. When I scored a goal against Southampton, I had a low pass accuracy and probably not my best game. But because I scored, it was like, oh, Bruno did a great game. Hello, I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Athletic Football Podcast. Coming up, you're going to hear Bruno Fernandes talking exclusively to the Athletics' Adam Crafton. Adam is with us now was he what you expected that's that, i think that's really interesting because i think when you watch bruno fernandez on the pitch i think a lot of people have this impression now of someone who you know he's moaning at referees he looks like he's all a bit exasperated particularly over the last year where things have been pretty tough at manchester united and i think sometimes you know he looks like he's exasperated with himself with referees with opposing players sometimes even with his own teammates um he came across, incre- I mean, you always say this when you spend any time with a footballer because you're sort of surprised that they're real people and that they are engaging and they're not just kind of the issues to which we reduce them to. But he was really engaging and, and he, his answers were thoughtful and you know, it wasn't just, I'm going to say this because this is what I have to say because I'm a footballer. You know, So if, for example, we were talking about the fact that he always seems to be moaning at referees. And, you know, he said, well, first of all, I'm not the only player in the Premier League who moans at referees. He's like, you know, I can point to Wilfred Zaha at Crystal Palace or I can I can actually point to someone who you might think is really quiet, like Bernardo Silva at Manchester City. But I know from the Portuguese national team that he's the one that's always talking to the referee. So there were those kind of examples which he gave, which makes him far more interesting. But then he also was really, I thought he was really sort of open and honest about kind of everything since he joined Manchester United. I mean, that's one of the things I thought in the article that accompanies this interview as well. Every time, a bit like a good 
GCSE or A level student, every time he makes a point, he then back he backs it up with evidence. Yeah, it's really annoying. As an interviewer, you're like, okay, so the statistics say that you know when Cristiano Ronaldo plays, you don't actually score as many goals or make as many assists. And he sort of just came back with, well, actually, when I was playing for Portugal against Macedonia. A few months ago, I scored two goals. One was from his run, another was from his assist. Um, Actually, because of the way Cristiano is almost overloaded when he's being marked because teams are so worried about him, it gives me more space as a number 10. So I I think there was was parts where he kind of said what you'd expect him to say. You know, he's never going to turn around and say, yeah, things have got harder for me since Cristiano Ronaldo joined the club. But he did actually have answers which made you think, okay, that's... That's a pretty reasonable explanation. And, and he spoke honestly about everything, from Ronaldo to Solskjaer to Rangnick to Ten Hag. Yeah, and you know, he also spoke about the fact he signed a new contract earlier this year in April, which was quite odd timing when you think about it, because Man United in April were really sort of a shambles um, at that point. It was like the dreg ends of Ralph Rangnick and... I think they'd lost in the process of losing six Premier League away games in a row. I just kind of said to him, "Why, why would you stay? You know, why would you stay at United? Commit your next five years. You know, at the time he was twenty-seven, now twenty-eight. Why, why would you commit the next five years? Is there any hesitation?" And you know, he said, "We actually started contract talks at the start of last season." You'll kind of hear this in the interview, but he he says. When Ralph Rangnick was appointed as an interim manager, he actually felt that was a problem because, you know, if you want me to commit the next five years, I need an idea of stability and vision and I need to know I'm going to be part of a competitive team, a a team that can not just, you know, be in the top four, but that can compete against the very best that has a manager that's making his mark. And, you know, the club said to him, look, we're not going to be able to do this all in one transfer window, but... He came back at them and said, that's okay. But as long as I know that in years two, three, four, and five, I'm going to be part of a team that's really going somewhere, then I'm prepared to trust you to do that. And, you know, a lot of that's all really logical and rational, but you don't normally hear a player explain how how he thinks about it. We always, always have lots of discussions in sport about leadership. Does he, and he does wear the captain's armband, did he strike you as a leader? I think so. And look, I mean, at the moment he's wearing the captain's armband because Harry Maguire is on the bench and because the the new signing, Lissandro Martinez, is doing so well. Yeah, I think he was careful. You know, he didn't want to look like he's making a play for the captain's armband because I don't think that's what he's doing. But clearly he's very proud of the fact that when Maguire doesn't play, he's the next in line, the person that Eric Ten Hag turns to and he's he's part of this leadership group along with David De Gea and also he mentioned uh, Tom Heaton as well he said you you know you'd be you would never think it from the outside but I can't stress enough how important Tom Heaton is in the group so he kind of seems to have this deference for the older players but then he was also he was probably his most engaging when he was talking about how he speaks to other United players on the pitch and he was really keen to get across this idea that he is constantly sort of waving his hands at his own players in a negative way you know he he says that's just not true you know he said if you go and speak to the players that I play with that's not what they'll tell you and he gave some really interesting clear examples so he was talking about at the end of the game against Leicester with uh, Tyrell Malassia where he was kind of waving his arms because at the time Fernandez was on the right side of the pitch Malassia obviously at left back and it was late in the game United are winning 1-0 
And Fernandez is waving his hand saying, switch the ball to me. And Malassia took that to be like, he was waving his hands in a frustrated way. And he said at the end of the game, he went over to Malassia and was like, and put his hands on his head and sort of held him close and was like, look, when, when I'm waving my hands at you, it's, it's just because I'm trying to help you. It's not in a, it's not in a negative way. And he's, he's kind of said, and Ty was like, yeah, yeah, I understand. I'm sorry. I was just tired. But then he kind of also contradicts himself because he, he says, you know, if there's occasions where a player doesn't, you know, doesn't make the right pass when, they, when he should do or doesn't, you know, for example, I think he cites when Jadon Sancho ran from the halfway line last season against Chelsea and, and actually scored. But you had Marcus Rashford just next to him for a tap-in. And Fernandez said, even though Sancho scored, he then went up to Sancho afterwards and was like, next time you have to pass in that situation because it's the easy way to score the goal. And, and Sancho was like, yeah, 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 you're right. I think at, at some point, all these players just say, yeah, 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 you're right, Bruno, because it's, it's a little bit easier. Um, but it, it, it did come across paternally, I think. And I think when supporters, you know, listen to this or watch this or read it, I think, I think they will understand him a little bit better. For United over the last few years, I think fans understanding the players and liking the players and getting to know the players has been a problem. So hopefully that, that changes things a little bit. Right, well, let's hear from him then. Here is Adam in conversation. It may sound like Parky this, doesn't it? Here is Adam <laughs> in conversation with Bruno Fernandes. It's about what the team does to improve yourself and make yourself improve your teammates and make them have more space or where you can be to serve them, where you can be more dangerous. For me, that play as a 10 is finding the positions that are never occupied or basically sometimes like the, the dead zones where no one can see you or no one can, can mark you because if they mark you, they will create a bigger space in the middle of the pitch for other people. So for me, it's about moving around and understand the spaces that I can create or moving to. And you call them the, the dead zones? Normally, I call that the referee zone because he's, normally no one marks the referee. Mm-hmm. So he, he, used to be, he used to be free. So normally, sometimes what most of the coaches say to the, to the players that play between the lines, even the wingers when they want, they want to come inside, the striker when he wants to drop, the midfielders, they always try to say the, the point where the referee is is always a good point because no one is marking the referee. So um, sometimes you, you use that, but you know that the position of the referee most of the times is, is different because it can be a counter. Mm-hmm. Even when you're playing, sometimes it can be in the opposite side where you are playing at, and you cannot move from one side to the other side uh, to, get, to get that space. So, Do you think the referees know? The number 10s are thinking well. No, I don't, I don't think so. But it's, it's about number 10s, number 8, wingers. Uh, as I said, and it depends on the moment, on the way the referee mm. whistle. Because, for example, um, uh, Mike Dean, that is not whistling anymore, he was, not, uh, he was l- most of the times in the central of the pitch. So for us, it was not about getting in his position because he was really central for the game. Because for him, probably was better to see the mm. game. But for us as a position, we c- that cannot be our position. So you have to find out where you can go. Uh, but obviously, uh, for me, playing as a tennis, trying to be between the lines, between the m- midfielders and defenders, and try to find the spaces where, where you can be free to, to receive the ball and be dangerous for your team. Yeah. Obviously, at the moment, I think it's probably fair to say it's one of the happier periods at Man United compared to maybe the last, the last year or so. The last few weeks has been 
really encouraging. Four consecutive wins in the Premier League. I know you're going to say we're not getting carried away, but I suppose I just want to take you back a little bit to I was there against Brentford the second week of the season, and after 35 minutes, you look at the scoreboard and you see 4-0 Brentford Man United. What, what, what's going through your head at that moment? No, I, I said that after after Brighton, after Brighton, obviously, and uh, obviously getting that result again, even worse against Brentford, was really bad for us and for our confidence. Because against Brighton, we felt that we're playing really good, and all of a sudden we conceded a goal, and you could feel it between us, between the fans, between the, in, in the atmosphere, that was like getting back to the past, and everyone felt that. The confidence get low again. Uh, everyone was a little bit like, I, 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 it's not like afraid, but not feeling the best to take to take the ball, to do your best, to trying to create something. Uh, you felt like sometimes you say the ghost ghosts mm-hmm. from the past, and uh, against Brentford was even worse. We could see the goal from nothing, and all of a sudden you couldn't see that the energy of the team was low, uh, the confidence was low. And this was from everyone, not just one player, two players. And everyone in the team knows that the Brighton and Brentford game was not... The beginning of Brighton, yes, but not the rest, was not the standard that we can deliver. So, uh, obviously, I could feel it after Brentford on the training sessions that we, we were going to do something different. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get the same different result because it was a big game against Liverpool. We want that. You, we, you could feel that, that everyone wants to change the momentum. Uh, but was was everything perfect, obviously. We get the first shot, Anthony get the post. Um, after that, we scored a goal. So the momentum was for us. For uh, The first tackle was our with, uh, mm-hmm. with Licha. Uh, you, you, get, you get the game on on that. You get the fans go on that one. So... You, you, you could see that the moment was there and you could see that the team, the confidence of the team gets higher and higher and we, we scored a goal and, and we could feel it that we can be dangerous, we can, we can score goals, we can be dangerous for Liverpool and you could see that Liverpool was not taking that many risks so mm. they, they start to, to have the ball but we felt comfortable also saying like we're compact and we know when we recover the ball we can be, we can be a threat for them. And uh, obviously, after you get a good result, and from there we build the momentum. When you say, you know, you talk about the ghosts of the past, and I suppose you think about everything of the past year, where one becomes two, becomes three, becomes four, very quickly. Even as fantastic footballers, international footballers, how big is confidence in, in that moment, that co- confidence and courage? I think confidence in football is not everything, but almost everything as a player individually. Uh, because when you have the confidence of your teammates, of your coach, of the fans, it's really important because you can feel it sometimes when you are on the pitch and you miss a pass and everyone is like, ooh, you can feel it in the moment. Instead, when you miss a pass, but you react quick and you can see the fans appreciate that. So for us, it's about having that confidence that everyone is trusting us, that we can do something, that they expect us to do something even when we miss, they they still there to support us. So I mean that with the ghosts of the past is like we felt in the past that every time that we miss a pass or something that we let down someone. So we get like oh, you get that weight on your shoulders that I cannot miss. And when you're thinking too much about I cannot miss, you start missing. Mm-hmm. Instead, you have to think like I I, I have to try. And not it's not like. 
I have to get this right. No, I have to try to get this right. I have to keep trying. I have to keep doing my 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 job. I have to keep doing the things that I want to do and I know I can do. Mm. Believing in yourself, that because uh, I think if you first confidence comes from yourself, you have to believe. You have to have the belief on yourself. You have to know yourself. You have to know your qualities, even in the bad moments. Understand that. Okay, I have a bad game. I have a bad moment. I have. I miss some balls. I miss a shot. I miss an open goal. Doesn't matter. Next game I will do it better, and I, I know that I can do it better because I I play more than four four hundred games for my career. So uh, I had bad games. I had really good games. I had normal games, and I will keep having these kind of games during my career. It's about understand what you did on the good ones to carry on that to get the best results of uh, mm. of your performance. And after after the Brentford game, that was you know you had a week basically to prepare for the game against Liverpool, and I think most people outside of United, outside of the training ground that week, were thinking last season five nil, four nil, you lose two first two games, and I think for supporters there was a little bit of dread and, and a little bit afraid to go to that game at Old Trafford that night against Liverpool, thinking. What's, what's going to happen to us there? Now, in the newspapers, you'll know that the day after everyone was talking about you, you did a lot of running at the training ground. Even the head coach was doing the running as well. How, how did the, the new head coach, Eric Ten Hag, start to rebuild the confidence? No, he just, he just went to straight to, the, to, to his rules, to his demands, to what he wants from us. Uh, what he knows that we want, we can do it. He showed he showed us that uh, we did this uh, in the preseason in uh, in many games. We did uh, we did many good games. We did what what I want to do. I want to play with intensity. I want to play with uh, with, uh, with always pressing on the ball. I want to have players hungry to do to do good things to to fight for the team to be tough to beat. And uh, and obviously, as I said. Uh, we know that the fans was afraid of that game because it's normal. Liverpool is a big team. Liverpool has big threats. Um, no one uh, was expecting Liverpool to come to our home and lose that game. No one. Even if if someone more uh, a part of us in the dressing room, if someone says no, I knew it that United was going to win that game. It's, it's a lie because no one, no one was betting. If if mm. even if you know that you can get a big amount of money. On a bet on Man United, no one would bet in Man United in that game, and uh, only only ourselves. We, and, and that's what we pass between us. Like we have to believe ourselves and trust ourselves because no one else will help us in that game. No one. So it's about us. It's about us doing our job. About us between each other, support each other, be positive, bring positive energy, be always be always demanding from each other. Uh, but demanding in a good way, and uh, and was as, as I said before, we had a few tackles in the beginning of the game that you could feel, and you can pass that vibe, that positive energy, that uh, togetherness, that fighting spirit between us, and and, and from so, there you start. And certainly, I mean, you mentioned um, uh, Lisandro Martinez, the the intensity and energy that he brought. I don't think I've ever heard the height of a player mentioned so much. Um, since he joined the club, what does what do you think he's brought to, to the club, and what's been your initial impression of, of, of what he's done for the team? Also, oh, obviously, he, he brought 
as you see, he's really aggressive on the ball. He's a kind of an Argentinian player, Argentinian centre back. They always, they always like that. They have that fighting spirit, mm. uh, but also quality on the ball. Uh, he has showed that. Um, obviously, that can be good and can be bad because in the beginning I was kind of like that and was really good for everyone. And obviously, when you get with some games and you get not the results, everyone will blame you for doing that. Everyone will saying that is not good enough. Why is shouting? Why is tackling? Why is going against him? Why, you know? But I like that. I like his energy on the pitch. I like him to be aggressive in that way. I like him to shout. I want to. I want. I want. The, I want him to be tough to beat. I want him to be against the defenders, against the strikers, like he does. Because this is what I get as a number 10. They, they do this to me. So I want my teammates to do the same for the other teams. And obviously, he brought that energy and that intensity, that passion that Argentinian players have. You know, the Latin players normally mm. have a, like a fervor blood. So it's kind of normal, but he's, he's about controlling the emotions and he's doing, really, he's doing that really well. And is he uh, tough on you in training? No, he can't be. He can't be. He yeah. has no. He, he has no no option with me because I'm more tough than him. So <laughs> if 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 he kicks me, I will kick him back. So, but he's and I like that. Even in training sessions, I want him to be tough on me because in the games will be like that. He knows that in the beginning of in the beginning was a little bit more with uh, Eric Bailey. He was always on me and he was his, he was always saying. I can't catch you. I can't catch you because every time that I come to you, you pass one touch. If I don't, you control the ball. And I was so done. They make a decision. And so from there, every time that I get the ball, it comes and it just just slap me straight away. It can give me something with a knee, with the elbow, whatever. And uh, and we carry on. This is what it is. And the games, even uh, obviously, in the games, I show it a little bit more and I want to, to make it that uh, a reference for the referee. Because I want to take to take my part on the on the game, to take falls away from them, to make them angry because I go down and he's, he, the referee gives a fall, will give a yellow card, and and I get momentum from that. I, I do want to ask you about the way you are on the pitch because I think maybe if people don't know you, sometimes they can look at the way that your hands are waving, whether it's at the referee, sometimes at yourself, your frustration at yourself. Do you need to do that to bring? the best out of yourself is that what what's happening or are there times where it's actually a little bit you're not fully in control what, what is it no I, that's that's my passion for the game is the way i is um, i'm i'm, I'm uh, honestly what you see on the pitch is uh, is the bruno that is passionate for the game the bruno that wants to win the game uh, the Bruno that will not give anything away, even with uh, with the referees, with uh, with the rivals, everything. I can I, I can even fight with someone that is my friend out of the pitch there. Mm -hmm. Have a fight, have a proper game, intense, strong, over and over, and that's it. I play against Wolves. They have many Portuguese players. If I have to kick them, I will kick them. If I have to moan at them, I will moan. It's the game. It's, it's the way I live the game. It's the way I have to be. For me to be involved in the game, I need that. I need. I did that to feel uh, that I will be at my best. Because I did many games when I was quiet, and no one said nothing about that. But for me, it was not me in the game. It was I, I, I didn't felt myself. So. I need that to be to be alive in the game to um, and and the part of moaning of the referees honestly you know you play f I play for Man United so I know that all the cameras are on our players and everyone is saying that everyone does that everyone in the Premier League does that if you're going to see players from Crystal Palace for example 
Za is always moaning to the referee because he gets fouled. But that's normal. Mm. It's, it's normal that he moans to the referee. He wants his fouls. He wants the referee to give yellows. I don't know. Fernandinho, for example, that was at City. He was always moaning to the referee. He was always kicking me. And I never know, saw someone saying something about that. Uh, Bernardo, for example, that you see as a quiet person, is one of the guys that always talking to referee. Probably doesn't do in the intense way I do, mm -hmm. but he's one of the guys that is always on the referee. Always talking. I saw it in the national team. I can see it. I know. So it's it's the way you are. Obviously, I'm probably a little bit more intense, more passionate. I show it more. Uh, but do, do you think the referees enjoy it a little bit? Having the, yeah, sometimes some of them yes, they they like the way I am. And, uh, and they kind of joke with that also sometimes. Uh, one of the referees, I don't remember who was, he said, oh my God, Bruno, every time that you're winning, you're such a good guy. When you're going losing or drawing, oh my God, he, I will say this, probably you have to cut this, you are a pain on my ass. <laughs> and, uh, and I like that, I want to be that, I want to be there, I want the referee to feel that I'm there pressing him and always talking and shouting at him. It's, it's the way I live the game. It's, um, honestly, the, the, the thing that most of the people say, waving with the arms for my teammates, that's never happened. That is completely lie because uh, I can be using my arms to ask the ball, mm. to, uh, to tell them something, to move them, move the ball to this side, see that side, but never in a bad way. I will never do that. I can shout at someone because if he doesn't, he doesn't pass the ball when he has to do, or, uh, or because he didn't take the best decision. If he goes 2v1 and he doesn't pass the ball to his teammates, yes, I will shout at him. I will be angry at him because I think that's quite normal. There doesn't should be. That's, that's part of being a demanding yeah, team. Yeah, that's. I, I demand a lot from me. I'm. I'm. I. I don't demand more to anyone than myself. But because I demand so much from myself, and I know that my teammates demand from me, I demand from them, and they're the same way. And I demand it in, for me in a good way. And I always said to, some, to everyone, if any time you don't want me to talk to you, you don't want me to shout at you, you don't want me to help you, you can tell me, and I will be quiet with you in the game. After, don't tell me that I don't call you man, or I don't call you to pass the ball. Uh, you, 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 you tell me where, the way I want to be. And I had a conversation, for example, with Tyrell the other day, after the Leicester game, we have some, some play, we have the ball, he's coming through with the ball. Obviously, we're winning 1-0, we have to rest, we have to have the ball. And he's trying to have the ball, he did it in a good way. He passed it to the side, he wants to keep the ball there, but I was completely free on the other side. So, because Leicester moved so much to that, that side, he could just switch the game and I have the ball on that side. They will come again, we'll make them run, go backwards, go to that side again. And I was... Uh, Sometimes in the pitch you have to shout because you cannot hear the people. It's, it's, it's too far the distance. Mm -hmm. And I was playing right winger, he was left back. So the distance was really big. And uh, I was saying to him, Ty, just put your head up and look to the other side. And he was like quite angry because I was talking to him. And uh, because he didn't understand what I was saying, you know. He and just he, sees you going, yeah, like, asking for something. Asking like, and uh, at the end of the game I went to him and I said, I put, I put my, my hands on his head, I put my head with him and I said, when I talk to you, I'm not shouting at you. I'm not doing it in a bad way. I was just saying to you to switch the game. He said, yeah, sorry, I was tired. And I said, don't worry about that. For me, it's just communication. We have to talk. It's about that. He said, yeah, yeah you're right, sorry. And this is what it is. And in some game, probably will be him shouting at me. Mm -hmm. And I will be okay with that. As, as the way, like, for example, age. Once in the uh, Europa League against Copenhagen was we winning... Uh, I think it was for, uh, quarterfinals or something. Someone gave a pass. We defending for so long because it was uh, we played like 120 minutes, I mm -hmm. think. 
someone give a pass, I tried to control and go away from the defender and I lost the ball and he shouted at me, Bruno, hold the ball. And I was quite tired, angry and I said, hey, don't shout. In the first half of the extra time stopped, I went to him and said, I'm sorry to, to get back to you. He said, you're right, I, have, I, I, should, I should have all the ball, you know. But sometimes it's during the games, it's intention, passion, ball, you miss the pass, he missed the pass, he doesn't run. He, and the moment gets a little bit further, but he's, he's not, no one does, I think, in a bad way. Yeah. And I, honestly, this is me talking, I, I never do it in a bad way. Only, as I said before, if I see that someone doesn't pass the ball, you know, easy one, a TV one with the keeper. For example, Jaden scored a goal, now I'm getting long, but Jaden <laughs> scored a goal against Chelsea when he was two against the keeper with Marcos. And he did skill, Mendy went there and he scored the goal. I went to him and he had scored a goal and I went to him and I said, next time, make sure that you pass the ball to Marcos. <laughs> that is the easy, the easy way to score the goal. And he said, yeah, yeah, you're right, but you know. Would I, you have passed the ball? In that situation, yeah, in that situation, I, I always I had one with Mason at Brentford. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, sometimes you know, when you do a one-two and you get the ball quick, keeper is coming out. You don't get the time to to look to the side, so you get the ball one-two control and shoot. You have to be quick, and that times I understand you can watch you can watch to the side, but when you have to run with the ball for so long and you have a teammate on your side, don't tell me that you didn't see him because <laughs> it's not it's a lie. So um, with Jaden on that one was the case. Uh, but anyway, I said to him, you score, I'm, I'm happy for that. But next time, make sure that you pass the ball to Marcus. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Do you ever get that feeling that you need to get something off your chest? We all carry around different stresses, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to release and discuss those thoughts and feelings and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist. And if things don't click, you can switch to someone new at any time with no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And because you listen to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first month of online therapy by heading to betterhelp.com slash athleticfootball. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash athleticfootball with no spaces. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. 
From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Bruno Fernandes takes it, scores it, and does the magic again. I want to talk to you a little bit about when you first signed for Manchester United because you'd had a fantastic season with Sporting Club of Portugal. You, I think, scored over 30 goals from midfield. 33? 32. They, they take one away from me, but that's okay. <laughs> so they take one away. And then I think I'm right in saying that summer Tottenham was pretty close. Yeah. On, was it deadline, deadline day? It was, was, was long, but yeah, it was out until the le- deadline, yeah. It was, it, was, it was a long period, but... Um, obviously, at that moment was a really good option for me. I want I want to go to the Premier League. Uh, obviously, the manager uh, Pochettino at the time was the one that wants me there, and and my head was a good offer from uh, from them. Sporting tried the best to keep me, uh, and and they sell other two other two players because they want to keep me on the team. So I had to understand that. And obviously, I have no regrets for, for everything that I have passed to Sporting because uh, he, that was my best years as a footballer and as a person I, when, where I learned probably the most and where I was happier the most until now. And I think also Oli has said previously that he spoke with Cristiano to, to see maybe, because I think you'd played together obviously with Portugal and he would have seen a lot more of the Portuguese league maybe at the time so you also had a pretty good recommendation from the history of United at the time yeah yeah of course he said that to me and obviously when I went to the national team I said I said thank you Cristiano for the for the words that you have given to me from myself uh, to the to the manager and from uh, to the club and uh, obviously when you have someone like Cristiano saying good words about you makes the club think that it could be a good choice and uh, obviously I was really happy that he, he he did that and he said that because as I said many times, he was my idol growing up, uh, probably my first, um, the player that I followed the most. So it uh, was, was really important for me to have that kind of recommendations. Also because you know when you come from the Portuguese league, is always someone asking in doubt if, it, if they will be uh, ready for the Premier League or not. Do, do you care when, you know, when you're saying there'll always be people doubting, questioning? Do you notice? Do you, uh, do you uh, see things? I knew it, I was ready, so I, don't, I, I really don't care about what people was thinking or expecting. I, I, was, I was ready, you know, and since day one I came, I've heard people that say every time they, they, they sign a new player, uh, they need one, ta- one year or two years ad- uh, to adapt in the Premier League. I'm, I'm now uh, starting my third full season. Um, I, never, I never had that time to adapt mm. because uh, no, one, no one could say that I was, uh, I was not ready for the Premier League because I came and I was ready and I did everything. And uh, every time that I had a bad game in the, in the first few months, no one ever talked about, now I still adapt to the Premier League. No, and that's good for me because I like that people um, expect uh, a lot from me and demand from me and uh, and talk bad things about me because that make me feel like and I came almost at the same time as Nicolas Pepe 
and at that time he was really good. He came he, when he came on to the Arsenal team was really good, and he had some bad games. And everyone was calling about ah yes, still to adapt and stuff. But when Bruno was doing a, having a bad game, it was just because he was moaning or because he was not focused on the game. And for me, that was good because mm. they knew it that I was ready, so they could feel it, and that's why they was demanding from me. And for you, obviously, it started fantastically. I think I'm going to look down here to get the numbers right. 93 appearances so far, 37 goals, 26 assists. For the position you play, those are fantastic numbers. Uh, I think you've had more assists from open play than any t than any other player. Uh, I think since March 2020, as well. But there's still a lot of conversation about the risk and reward in your game. So, for example, the fact that you often are looking to play the killer pass and sometimes people maybe say, why not just keep the ball? Why not play the easy pass? Why not maybe play five yards, ten yards? You're rolling your eyes at that. No, because, you know, uh, it's easier from the stands or from the mm -hmm. television to think, why not? Uh, but in the game you have two seconds to think. <laughs> Things are quick. In my position as a 10, most of the times, and because, for example, last season we had a, bad, a really bad season, we played really deep on the pitch. Uh, for the, the players that play in front, sometimes you recover the ball, they pass the ball through to you. Because they have so many players attacking, they will have so many players recovering. So when you control the ball, the first thing you have to do is control the ball forward trying to control the ball forward. So when you control the ball forward, you know that you have people running behind you to catch the ball from you. So you have to go forward mm -hmm. because if you go backwards, you pass the ball to someone that will have more pressure than you. Because imagine that the center back passed the ball to me. They have many players there. I have the right back. I can do a simple pass here. I will do the ball to right back. They have many players there. Three players can go straight away to press the right back. So what I did, basically I open a bomb and I give it to the right back. Now deal it, deal with that. And sometimes, you know, you have to make decisions quick. And uh, as I said, I, I don't really, I'm not really worried about that because uh, I see that is, is not the right way to say, but I'm there to feed my strikers. Mm -hmm. They need to have the ball. And when you have a season like, if you go to check like uh, this, uh, now because now this is like a kind of random thing. Ah, it, it takes too many risks. Mm -hmm. And so this carry on. Uh, even when you don't take risks, people will say you're taking risks. Because this season, I had, for example, in the first few games that we lost, uh, a high percentage of uh, accuracy on the pass because I'm more than people think or more that people see I see my stats I see what I can do better what I can improve what I can do better game by game and the two first games of the season I have a high uh, pass accuracy no one talk about because we lost the game Bruno didn't assist Bruno didn't score problems when I scored a goal against Southampton I had a low pass accuracy and probably not my best game, but because I score, was like, oh, Bruno did a great game. Against Liverpool, I had a good game. I think everyone played uh, a really good game. We won. Everyone was hyping everyone. Even we did many mistakes in that game. Everyone was hyping everyone. So I know that will be demanding and people doubting and people always, because even this is changing, but in life, you have a way to think, I have another one. But sometimes you have an idea, but because so much people tell you that that person is not a good person, you don't know her. But in your head, she's already a bad person because mm -hmm. five or six persons have said that. 
even if you don't want in your head the first thing you will come it's not it's not really a really good person the, most of people are saying me because even for us as a players they see us on the pitch they say ah, it, it doesn't seem to be a good guy why that i'm on the pitch you don't know i know i don't know how you live the other day i saw i saw rafa saying who is the most like funny player in the dressing room or joker player in the dressing room. Rafa Varane. Yeah. And he said, Bruno, most of the people I'm really sure that get surprised how, the, how that's possible that Bruno is, is that joker on, on, the, on the dressing room. Because they don't know me, they don't know how I am in the, in the, in the dressing room, they don't know how I deal with people. I, I deal bad with people when I lose games. Yes, mm. I deal. I'm, I'm not the best friend of anyone. When I, I'm not the best father. I'm not the best uh, man to be. I'm not the best friend because I'm sad. I'm upset and I don't want to talk to anyone. And uh, it's the way I am. Uh, but as coming back to that, if I miss passes, if I don't miss, if I do goals, if I don't do, it will always have someone to say mm. something about that. So... I play my game in the way I think is better for the club, for the team, for my teammates, and I will keep doing that. And I know when, when I take my risks is because I think the rewards will be bigger mm. than the, the risk that I'm taking. I don't take that as a decision that comes in my mind because I want to do the killer pass or because I want to do assists. I want to win games. That is the main thing for me. Win games even if I score. I don't score if I assist or I don't assist because at the end of the day it's about winning games. And that message of be yourself that Oli gave you, I think it clearly brought the best out of the best out of you as well. Um, clearly, towards the end with with Oli, it was I think everyone involved in the dressing room with the staff was very sad for him, um, and probably one of the most memorable images last season was at Watford after the game, and both yourself and Oli went to the fans after the game, and, and you were actually raising your hands up saying. You know, don't, it looks to me like you were saying, don't blame him, look at us as well. How did it make you feel at the time? So, uh, make me, obviously, I have a really good relationship with, uh, with Ole. He was the one that brought me to the club, obviously. Uh, I have a huge respect for him as a person, first of all, because he's an amazing person. He's, every, he's, he's the kind of guy that cares about everyone. They try to make everyone happy. Um, and for me it was, you know, you lose a game, uh, I don't like when uh, someone goes to the media, for example, some managers that do, uh, they didn't do what I want, mm. something is wrong, because if you lose a game, your plan could, be, could not be the best, or what your players did could not be the best, but we are always in the same pack, we are always involved as a group, as a team. And at that moment, uh, we went as the players there and we applauded and they kind of applauded. Ole came after us and was like some people booing him. And I didn't like because uh, why they didn't do that to us? We, we the ones that went on the pitch and lost the game together with him. So if they want something to him, it has to be to us. If they want us, something to us, it has to be to him at the same way. because. You know that some people sometimes when they uh, sack managers, uh, the players did. And sometimes it's like the players don't want to follow the, the, the manager. That's why he gets sacked. That's why he, he was not that good. And in that moment, I felt that uh, someone need to step up and, and protect him and trying to get not the blame. I don't want to take the blame for all of it, but I want everyone to take the blame for themselves. 
uh, everyone has to take the responsibility in that moment because it was not a good period and was not always, all, always all of the problem because he did great things before. We finished second with him, we went to the final, we had some semi-finals with him and um, I don't think was everything about him, it was about him together with the players. So that's why I felt that time was not, uh, was not fair, was not fair with Ole because he did great things for the club, he did everything. Obviously in that moment you have to treat him as a manager, not as an ex-player and I understand that. And I think the, play, the, the fans did really well after when, the, when he was sacked, still singing his songs, being really grateful for him, still having in the moment of uh, 99 on Barcelona. Um, you know, you, you, he's, he's one of the persons that really loves this club and you can feel it that uh, when he's, he came to say goodbye to everyone was, was a really tough message from him. Uh, was really difficult. You, you, could, you could feel it that he was, uh, he was one of probably the, the worst days of his life, the saddest days of his career as a manager and a player. Um, and you know, even on that time, I know that some people gets like, "Ah, oh, why Bruno is doing that?" Why it, it was something that came off. It was not like something that I planned to do. It's, 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 it's the way I am, and uh, I I don't want anyone to take the blame from me. I want uh, as someone that does a mistake together with me to go there and take the blame with, uh, with together with me. Does have you stayed in touch with him at all since yeah, since yeah. he left? Or uh, uh, is sometime that we don't talk every day. Uh, but yes, yeah, sometimes he sent me some message asking uh, or congratulations for something or for some goal or for some something that we do good. Obviously, he's a person that I want to, to keep in touch and I said that to him before he, he left the club. So, Oli leaves and then you have another manager last season in Ralph Rangnick. I think probably everyone, even Ralph, would probably accept it was not the ideal um, end result in the end with, with him. How do you explain it? Because obviously when he came, there was a lot of, I think intrigue and curiosity about his ideas and the way he wanted to play with intensity and the pressing what do you think was the issue no so uh, obviously uh, you know what someone new comes to the club is always bring something up straight away and we won straight away against crystal palace i think after we go norwich and we win uh, and you build a little bit of momentum there but I think Ralph came with his idea, you know, intensity, pressing, uh, the way that he was used to play in Germany. But didn't quite result with us because, as I said before, was was an atmosphere between uh, between everyone that was like confidence low, everything really really down. We get a good result, bad result, good result, bad result. And we get some bad results in the raw. And it was really difficult to come off that, you know, when you are in that kind of uh, kind of runs with oh, games and stuff, it's, it's tough to come off. And nothing to do with, uh, with Ralph. Ralph tried, tried his best. I think he was um, uh, a good manager with the good ideas, but that didn't fit with, uh, with everyone because the team has been built with Ole, with his mm -hmm. idea. And obviously when a new manager comes in, um, and I think that probably could be uh, the difference uh, at, at the club because every manager that has been here has different ideas so they bring different players in but the players stay after mm -hmm. the manager goes so you know you bring players for a certain idea and all of a sudden a new manager came in with a different idea and he wants to bring new players and get rid of other players it gets confused 
and I think now what the club needs is stability as uh, as a manager. I think they find that with uh, they found that with uh, with uh, Ten Hag now, and uh, and hopefully we as a players can find that stability on a way to play, on a way to follow. And as I said before, for Ralph it was really tough to to build the momentum, to change everything. And I think the main main moment for us as a season was when we lost against Atletico. From there on, like we we could feel like that um, the momentum was gone. And after we we lost away against Arsenal when I missed the penalty, I think that was a crucial moment for us. Um, then. If you win that game, you could still think that you can still reach the top four, and we didn't. And uh, obviously, it was was really bad, and I felt really bad from from that game. But it's football. I scored so many, so uh, I have to get back to score when I have the chance. In the middle of all that, you signed a new contract. Did you have any hesitation about thinking? You know, when the situation United were in at the time, was there any part of you thinking, should I actually? commit another few years to, to this club? So uh, I start this start in the beginning of the season straight the conversations for the new contract and everything was was long because you know Ole was sacked, new manager coming in all the stuff that passed through the season and uh, and obviously um, was difficult to me to get the right time to get a new contract. In the beginning of course you start the season, I start with a, with a banger hat trick, we won leads uh, Rafa presented in the uh, Sancho do the mm. um, the first game. Rafa Varane is presented in that day. Uh, I think 15 days after Cristiano is presented. So the hype of the club, the hype of the players was like, wow, this will be a season with uh, with a massive massive chance because the year before you go Europa uh, mm-hmm. Europa League final, you get second in the league. So you, you, you feel like now this, this could be the year that we change the momentum of the club and we win something, we can, we can go for something big. Um, obviously during the season was not that that happens and, uh, and I had my conversations with the club, all the stuff and obviously that was one point because when Ralph came in, the club said straight away, he's an interim manager, he'll not be here with, with us the next season. And for me that was a problem. I said to the club clear, I said to them, look, I want stability more than you to tell me, no, we will gonna win something. No, I want to be competitive. I want to be in a team where I know that I will be competitive, we will be competitive as a team, we will fight for something, we will be capable to fight with the biggest teams. The club was made, uh, was clear. At that time, I, I, I tell them, look, I don't want to know who is the next manager. I just want to know that the next manager that is coming, he wants me part of the project because it's important for you and for me. Because it can be a manager that comes as a different idea of football, doesn't think that Bruno doesn't fit. Bruno, uh, you probably have to go. And I said to them, I'm, sa- I'm telling you this before I sign my new contract and I will get more money. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not a question of, of money. I said always to them, it's not a question of money. It's a question of me being happy, fighting, being competitive. I have a team that I know that will fight and be competitive to, to, get, to get the best results. And, uh, and, so do, and do you say this to, is that to John Murta? The yeah, football director, yeah. Yeah. John Morton and Darren Fletcher was the, yeah. the ones that I spoke the most. And I said to them, I just, I, f- I feel good in the club. Uh, as I said, it's a dream come true. I don't think that is there many clubs that I would prefer to play more than Man United. And uh, and uh, I, 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 I don't like to say this, but I, I would like to be here for a longer period. You know, 
create some stability for me, for my family, playing for my dream club. But I said to them, I want to be competitive. I just don't want, I don't want to be in England just to be. I want to be here to win trophies, to be competitive, to play against the best. So I signed a new contract, but I want to make sure that the club is on the same page as me. And, it's, and the club make sure that no, the club will make will make the decisions. They said uh, Bruno will not be the next transfer window that we will make probably the team to be competitive. We will need time to build that because we cannot just straight away go and spend money. And I said, oh, I understand that. I will be here five years. In that five years, if I'm t in, in, in four of them or three of them, I will be fighting for trophies. I will be fighting uh, against the best, the best teams. I will, will have a team that wants to compete, will be, will be strong enough and we want and we have a manager that comes and put his mark on, I'm okay with that and, and the club was clear with that. I trust them and uh, I think I'm, I'm getting the rewards of that because the club is making a, um, is making a mark on the, on the marketing. They brought players in to, with big qualities and big names also at the same time. And, uh, and obviously now it's, 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 it's about us doing our job on the pitch. And the biggest, arguably the, the most significant person at a club at any point is, is the head coach. You know, I think we've seen that uh, probably pains you to say Manchester City and Liverpool, but with Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp. Um, with Eric, what, where do you see your, what, what's he, what is he asking you to do? in your position that's maybe a little bit different, if at all? And what is it that's giving you confidence about the way that he's coaching and managing that makes you believe you will be competitive? First of all, because he has an idea. He has a, an idea of playing, he has a style, and he wants to go ahead with that. And it has to be his idea, you have to follow that rules, you have to be uh, he's strict on that, and I like that. Uh, we need discipline, and I think that was something that we, we miss in the past, and uh, he's, he broke that discipline with him that everyone has to follow his rules, everyone has to be on the same page. Uh, and I think that was, as you said before, Pep and uh, Klopp have been doing for years. And because they have stability in the club, they have stability on the way they choose the transfer market, on the way they build the team, um, that is really important for them to get the rewards. And I think. Uh, I saw the, one of the things that uh, the manager said the other day on the press, saying we don't want to bring players just for bringing, we want to bring the right players for what we want to do. So I think, as I said before, it's something that the club needs and it's something that I believe with him we'll get that point that we'll be established as a team, we'll be everyone in the same page, everyone will understand this gets time because he's a new manager, new players, everything. So we know we have four wins in a row. Yes, it's good. We're getting better, but we still know that we still have margin to improve and we'll get time to get the best out of us uh, in his own idea of playing. So for now, I'm really happy for that because I think even with the preseason, I was happy with that. After that two games at Brighton, I think was really important. Uh, Brighton Brentford was really important for us to keep believing on his idea. And it was important that also him show us that we can do what he asked us to do. And he showed us that in, uh, on photo, photos, uh, video stuff, and show us that, look at, we can do this. 
we, we have the qualities, we have the capacity to do so, it. So was he showing you videos from the tour or even from the games against Brighton and Brentford as well? Both, both of them. So he showed us that and even individually calls really many times the players to see some videos with him. Look, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. You're good in this position. In this moment, I prefer you to do another kind mm. of movement. And I think that's good because we'll get because players will get and need time to get the best out of the game he wants to uh, us to to do because it, the ideas are different. So this is to make it automatic. Yeah, anyway. this is something that you have to. Uh, sometimes will be a little bit too many videos and stuff. Will be many times that you have to talk with him, see in videos, see. But it's something that after a while will get like used, and he will probably stop to show you videos because you are doing the right things or the things you yeah. want you to do. And you said with the discipline as well. I think was it impressive for the players when, because I think you know when when people hear oh he wanted you to run the morning after Brentford, but when he also does that, he's not demanding anything from you that he's not also doing himself. No, as I, as I said before, it's uh, I think we have always to be in the same page when we win and when we lose. So I think is is good that everyone takes the blame for themselves in in, in different ways because was not everyone doing the right things. And that can be the players or the manager, but normally it's the players and the manager mm. together. So I think uh, as a message is good for the team. Uh, and obviously, we, we, I don't think if you do the run or you don't do the run, that uh, can, can change something or not. But as I said, discipline is the way you want, is the way we have to follow the rules and is where it is. Players don't like to run, but sometimes manager makes choices that you don't understand, but at any point you will probably understand later on. And you'll know you're a Portugal player and a Manchester United player, therefore it means at some point you get a question about Cristiano. The statistics say that your record is a li little bit better in terms of goals and assists when Cristiano does not play. Do you think that's fair? Depends, because most of my assists last season was for him, so I, I don't really think so. I just had a poor season on, uh, on the number-wise, and I don't think it was because of Cristiano, it was myself, because he's not, he's not obviously, uh, he, he was, uh, before was me taking the penalties, now was uh, was him, uh, but I had two chances to take the penalties, I, I missed both, so it was... Obviously, when you get the penalties and you score penalties, give you more goals a season. But uh, I had my two chances and I miss it, so I, I, I can't be like blaming Cristiano mm. because he's taking penalties. No, he's doing it in the right way. He scored, so I have to be quiet on my side. And when I get the chance, because against Arsenal was him giving the ball to score the penalty, he said to me, "Go yourself um, and score." And I miss, but at the same time, I felt like. Okay, but he trusts me to be to be the one that step up in a big moment like that. Um, as I said, I don't think it was because of Cristiano, it was because of myself, because I missed some chances. Uh, I, I, I didn't de do the best in some moments to get my goals or my assists, uh, because in the national team I play always with him, mm -hmm. and, and, and when I score he's on the pitch. So, And uh, I think playing with Cristiano sometimes as a 10 is really good because players respect that much Cristiano obviously because he's one of the biggest players or best players in the world um, if not the best so it gives you more space gives more space it creates big space for everyone because the players 
are afraid of him taking the ball and scoring because they know he's a threat. So they want uh, they want to mark him. They want to create they want to create uh, an overload where he is to to mark him and to don't give him the the chance to get his shots, his head, and and sometimes they create big spaces for you. So. I think sometimes, for example, when I scored the two goals against Macedonian national team, one was from his assist and the other one was from his run that creates the space behind him that makes me have the space to run to that space and score the goal. So it's normal that people do that kind of uh, comparison. Mm. For example, I played the last um, four games with Cristiano and I scored one goal in four games. So. Cristiano was not playing uh, mm-hmm. in the first 11 and I just get one goal so uh, I don't think it was because of Cristiano so uh, it's it's about momentum it's about timings it's about uh, sometimes goes in a bad way it sometimes goes in a, in a better way so I think uh, every every player um, should understand that uh, Cristiano is, is is a really big player and a big threat for every team and uh, and obviously can be can be a really good one to play together because he has his qualities for assist men, for example, that I want to be and I like to be, is someone that you know that if you give you give him the, the the right ball, the good one, he will score goals. So that's a good answer. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> um, last last couple of questions. Um, obviously, the last few games in the league, you've been you've been the captain. Um, I think you're part of a leadership group now, where the head coach likes to talk to some of the senior players, whether it's Harry or David or, or yourself. Do you enjoy that, to feel that extra responsibility? I, I, or do I, you play that way anyway? Yeah, uh, I, as, as you said before, I came to the club and uh, Ole asked me to, do, to be the same when I was at Sporting. At Sporting I was captain at the moment, but before I was captain I was like that anyway. So. It's it's the kind of way I am. Is is the way the way I I think I get the best of me, the best of my teammates. Uh, not being captain, but being, as you want to call, kind of a leader. But is I'm I'm just trying to be kind of myself. <laughs> and uh, obviously, being the captain of Man United is such a big honor. Um, obviously, we we all know. That uh, age is the is the captain, and uh, because he's not playing for for now for the moment he didn't play the last four games. Uh, I was being the captain for me is, is such a big honor, and uh, I will always be pleased to be to be the captain of the club uh, or one of the captains. As you said, David also is part of that group, and uh, we have some players in that leadership group that don't play, like Tom Eaton. That for me. Is one really important in the dressing room, one of the most important players in the dressing room that most of the people will not think or care about, but is, is someone that is really important as, as, as a player, as a leader in the, in the dressing room. Great stuff there from Adam in conversation with Bruno Fernandez. If you want to read the interview in full, subscribe now. Pay a pound a month for the first six months by heading to theathletic.com slash football pod. Thanks for listening. The Athletic.